All right, welcome to the SEC versus Big Ten College Football Podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Sam. We are uh, coming to you after quite a while out of commission. We finally got some time to uh, podcast again. Maybe we are going to be able to have some more time more often in order to have our conversations. Yeah, it works out good when you finally talk to the wives and tell them why it's a good thing what we're doing and you know basically work your your night into finally being allowed to do it more where they they actually agree that it can happen <laughs> yeah in theory it works that way i feel like it's kind of a moving target sometimes I, I know that was some rambling but some some guy out there knows about trying to get a guy's night out and this, this is basically mine now so <laughs> yeah gotta take it when you can get it i guess is the way i look at it so yeah, yeah. so we're going to talk about uh some uh games that have already happened we are at the end of week six we hadn't podcast at all since the week started so we're kind of like coming in halfway cooked through the season so we're going to talk a little bit about what we thought would happen has happened and what we didn't think yeah if you listen listen to our earlier podcast we talked we made predictions we we actually did like pick for pick um who we thought was going to win the east west of of the sec and then the national championship we we predicted everything in the beginning so if you're a regular listener then you'll get to check our math here a little bit and see who's where yeah hopefully we're at least 50 percent accurate that would be successful in my book Mm mm-hmm so, yeah, we can uh, go through the um, SEC standings as we uh, – we start there, right? SEC standings, the, the games that have happened already. I think uh, Samuel picked his beloved Georgia Bulldogs almost, cor- almost identically correct. Until uh, so the Tennessee game of the – the, one of the worst nights of my life and one of the best nights ever for your wife because she was sitting next to me and I about ran through my uh, curved TV and did, you know, some crazy stuff, but I, I held myself in check for once. Yeah, that was a very interesting game to watch, par- partly because we were on DVR, but we didn't spo- but. You know, we paused it a couple times. That, that know, by, by the end, by the end yeah. we were caught up, though. Yeah, but yeah. By the freaking Hail Mary Ugh, I don't want to talk about it. Right, I just don't want right. To. But after Georgia threw it through that bomb down there for a touchdown, we we I yes. think we about cut it off because we figured it was over. It was, it was ten seconds left. <laughs> yeah, and, you know? and we might yeah. change the channel and 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 I will have to say it was a beautiful bomb and not a prayer. It, it was a great throw and catch. Yes. yes, the DB maybe quit a little early, but still, I mean. That was a great throw, and it, only if Eason could do that consistently, and I think one day he will, but he's still a freshman, and then the next game he comes out, and he throws like, I think he was like five for 18 or 19. I mean, it was it was a god-awful game the next game for Eason, but uh, they're saying he's looking good this week in practice, so I feel a little better about it. Yeah, it's safe to say I think that game was a toss-up eh, as far as – is it this as, as literal of a toss-up as you can get? I mean, both teams traded essentially hail marys. Even though I, you know, I understand your point about Eason's you long pass. You can't call it a hail mary. Well, there was no jump ball with fifteen guys around it, and the one guy wearing orange caught it. It was a prayer. It may not have been a hail mary, but <laughs> maybe it was our father. It was a yes, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it, it was, was. It was beautiful. It was. Uh, a, a low percentage pass. If, if, but you, t- was... if you take out the Hail Mary from Tennessee, it was a game-winning, perfect <laughs> touchdown bomb. 
in stride caught by a man with a broken hand. Right, yeah. Riley the, Ridley. Yeah, if the game was 59 minutes and 45 seconds long, it would have been a game 50 winner. seconds long. Right. There's, there's 10 seconds left. I think it was like I saw it once. It was like a like zero point zero zero one percent chance of winning for Tennessee. But that this, these kind of things always happen to me. So I'm, I'm I kind of get used to it. Um, the old Miss game, I was actually more frustrated. I was happy with the performance for Georgia because we could actually run the ball for the first time. We actually looked like we were there and, and excited to be there. You know, it wasn't like old Miss where it was like, oh, why'd we even show up here? You know, it's you know, in every game we've gotten a little better. Minus maybe the Nickel State game, but this isn't a Georgia show, so I'll I'll get off my soapbox. You know, I was gonna see. Uh, it might be interesting just to go through and kind of just briefly hit on all the big games that have happened throughout week. You know, through the weeks. I think week one, the big games were um, Wisconsin, LSU. That was uh, it's like a different LSU team that played in that game that is playing now. Although we hadn't, we only got to see one post less miles. Yeah. LSU game because of some issues that we'll talk about later. I think if you if you look back historically though, like a lot of times that happens. Like the very first game after a coach leaves, um, oh yeah, they just show up all of a sudden and they're just awesome. Yeah, it's that's, like that's a common trend. It's like everyone gets a clean slate and and it's, there's a whole fresh outlook on life from everyone from the position coaches to the coordinators. Yeah, to and the and players. I don't I don't think it's a, a knock on Les or anything. I I don't like that he got what happened to him. I, I think it sucks, but yeah. I mean, maybe it needed to happen for them. But yeah, it's almost it's like he, it's like the uh, hundred hundred fourteen and thirty four. It's like the LSU AD tossed the keys over to Coach O to the Lamborghini and told him to, to burn some rubber, and everyone was all on board with that. So yeah, if Les had a good quarterback, you know, to start the season, he'd still be there. Yeah, I think it was more of a just a situation where everything was stale and and you know everyone was kind of just going through the motions. There wasn't any juice, you know, because the the team, the you know, LSU has the players to be able to just blow through people, but yeah. they weren't blowing through anybody. I mean, they could have, you know, I think Wisconsin is a, a solid team and they've had a solid defense, but I thought that you know LSU should have been able to run them over, but you know, Wisconsin's yeah. a solid team and they pulled it out and uh, didn't didn't hurt that old Brandon Harris threw him a gift at the end of that game. Yeah, and bonehead play by the D lineman after the interception. The guy hit the ground and then just goes over and yeah. cleans him out and knocks him over like he didn't go to the ground yet. Right, right. Yeah, and then they were all trying to say, oh, well, he, he didn't see him go down. I was like, eh, you could see on the little sky cam. He's he looking right at him. him. The he watched him the whole time. <laughs> yeah. It was just yeah. a bonehead play. No no harm, no foul, though. He was uh, he was all right. And and I actually I read that those two players became friends on Twitter after after the fact. Oh, so. isn't that sweet? <laughs> yeah. that's, why, uh, that's why we play the game, right? That, that's right, to yeah. Make, make buddies. And, of course, Alabama clown-stomped USC, and USC hasn't been right since then. Um, I, yeah, they're definitely not right this season, period. I mean, they got they got some great players, individual players, but as a team, they, they're not really there. Uh, I talked to one of my buddies is actually a big-time uh, USC fan, and he told me that it's just the result of when you hire a coach that's not uh, – Not a splash. And it's not not that he wasn't splash. He's just not. He doesn't, doesn't have hit, a track record. Hit all the requirements to actually hold that position yet. He doesn't. He's not there yet in his yeah. career. And then bam, here you are with a top five job in the country all of a sudden. And yeah. No. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't ready for that. Yeah. And uh, I think you know, USC is kind of a different bird by themselves anyway. They have Lin Swan as their AD. Like 
they are like I have a little bit of experience with this the whole Michigan thing and of course you know everyone likes to talk about oh Michigan man all that crap which yeah. you know is uh, kind of exaggerated I think Les but Miles it, is a Michigan man yeah I know but like, the whole idea of it is like basically you don't give yourself the opportunity of finding you know the market value of the talent that's out there essentially you're just kind of like keeping it in house which is stupid so I you know it's questionable in the USC situation how much due diligence they actually did in in interviewing qualified candidates and so forth for the AD job. Nevertheless, the, the head coach job, I mean, they passed over Chris Peterson, who was a reportedly interested in it, and now he's got Washington, you know, blowing people up. So you don't yep. have to really talk about that too much. Um, Clemson-Auburn, that was kind of a game where we saw Clemson kind of sputter a little bit i think a lot of people thought clemson was going to go there and blow auburn up but auburn's auburn's turned out to be a little bit better than people had thought maybe at the beginning of the yeah, season. yeah a lot better than i thought for sure and i i think i had uh malzahn on the hot seat for sure i thought he was you know one or two wins away yeah. the attrition bowl or there's a lot of different game, games yeah. i heard talk about that uh, I, i'd be okay i mean I, I think he's probably a great offensive coach i don't know about a head coach I I mean just from a fan point of view he can recruit I mean that yeah he's always recruited well so I mean it's it's kind of like a he was a lights out uh, coordinator while yeah. he had Cam Newton and Nick Marshall anyway yeah yeah but um, he but, has to have that player to run his system or he's screwed and Sean White was the number one pocket passer coming out of high school mm-hmm. two years ago so that I mean that doesn't fit the system why why these kids go places like that I'm I'm sure I've talked about this before like go where you fit. Yeah, I think they yeah. started playing a lot better since he gave up the play calling duties, which is really interesting to yeah. me. But you know, even right now they're ranked 14th in the country yeah. on twenty four seven. So it just seems to take a fresh set of eyes sometimes to unleash. You know what he might be overlooking right straight in front of your eyes. Another mm-hmm. fun game to watch that opening week on Notre Dame Texas. <laughs> you know, we, after after all that, you know, of course Notre Dame was ranked number ten at the time. And that's gone downhill severely. Texas, you know, we all hear, oh, Texas is back, blah, blah, blah. You know, Charlie Strong, he's finally got him going in the right direction. They're going to start, you know, contending. And that hasn't quite worked out either. So there's not much more to talk about that, I don't think. No, and they are 46th in the country right now in recruiting. So that's – I don't. a lot of people, like, don't want to hear, like, oh, where are we at in recruiting? Or, like, oh, the recruiting doesn't mean anything. Like, coaching up your players is more important. Alabama's the team right now, and they've been number one in recruiting. So there is mm-hmm. something that connects there. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, recruiting definitely matters. They've been number one for six years in a row. Yeah, it definitely matters for from like a macro perspective. I yep. think some people are just not interested in the nuts and bolts of it all, which yeah. is understandable. I mean, if you if you could have a coach that's going to make a two star, a five star when he actually plays, that's great. <laughs> but there aren't that many coaches that can do that, and there aren't that many players that start out as two stars and become five stars yeah there's not a whole lot of jj watts out there yeah mississippi florida state was maybe the one that could end up having the most impact in terms of balance of power and playoff implications and everything from that first weekend that was really oh yeah and that crazy game to watch i mean that made florida state in my mind the, the freshman quarterback looked great and yeah, the, well, he was kind of rattled early, and he, he, and, he and stood he, in there at one pass and just took, I think it was on a third down, and he just got lit up as he as he drilled a 
touchdown pass in there and we were like all right wow so he he seems like he matured there but then they lost some injury they got some injuries and i think derwin james is kind of the jabril peppers of florida state and he got he got injured and he's been out and I think he was out for that game that they got whooped by Louisville. That was another crazy game. Yeah, and, and Cook's been held in check once or twice, but for the most part, he's been pretty pretty darn good as advertised. Yeah, yeah. Uh, UCLA, Texas A and M. Just looking through the other games on that A and A and M was probably like my biggest surprise. Like I didn't think they were going to be someone yeah. we had on like the hottest of the hot seats because he lost like all of his quarterbacks like five in a row. Yeah, there was top tier quarterback. Yeah, we weren't sure. It was like not clear the impression of what the program was. You know, it seemed like they had. It seemed like there were a few Johnny Manziel personalities in there, and it wasn't clear how focused they could be and how they could keep it together. But they've been, uh, they've been impressive more so than we thought it might be. Oklahoma, Houston. That was another another really fun game to watch. Houston. Uh, Houston just kind of kept coming, and Oklahoma sputtered a little bit in that game, and Houston had a kick six in that game, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. I, that, that Houston's quarterback would have been my sleeper pick for the Heisman this year, but uh, Louisville guy, what's his name? Louisville's quarterback? Uh, Greg Ward Jr. Yeah, that guy yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, he was pretty good. I think he's been a little banged up too. So, but yeah, and of course, you know they've lost a Navy, so we'll, we'll get to that. They're not really quite the uh, play. I don't think they really have a shot left at the playoff, like it was talked about a lot beforehand and up till last week. But um, Georgia, North Carolina, North Car- Georgia beat North Carolina. That was uh, um, that game has been interesting because if they played. This week, I'm not sure that Georgia would beat North Carolina. They seem to have North Carolina seems to have gotten their legs under them. They beat Florida State, and of course, Florida State has stumbled since the opening weekend as well. But um, Georgia has they played well that game, obviously. But I think they've stumped, they've stubbed their toe a little bit, a couple times. Yeah, I think um, Georgia's improved as well. So I, I don't want to say true. we would win for sure, but I I think could that, be that there's probably a about as close a game as it was opening week. I would yeah, say maybe. Their quarterback definitely had more experience than ours, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got some insane stats. So I don't know if you looked at him, but, uh, but oh, when coming in, he was eighty five percent completion yeah. percentage, and that's because he only came in and you know threw a couple passes per game, you know, as a junior and now as a senior, he's he's the guy. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, North Carolina's okay. They, they lost to Purdue or or somebody recently. North Carolina. Um, you have to look at their schedule. Yeah, I'll have to look at it. But um, but yeah, I think the next the next week we had what what were the big games that we had? We we well, yeah, the next week week two was kind of a snooze fest. There was like hardly any good games. Of course, we didn't really know because we had gone for so long without football. It was kind of like. We got, and we got spoiled on opening week. Yeah, and I think next year opening week is supposed to be just as big. Oh, so yeah. They're I'm definitely excited coordinating that. that type of thing. They're definitely coordinating yeah. that. Yeah. And that needs to be in every year. Yeah, North Carolina, wow, North Carolina got stomped by Virginia Tech last week. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought they kind of stumbled again. So I guess I didn't realize that. Georgia's uh, kind of turned it around other than the, the Tennessee game. We looked pretty good. Yeah, so week three we saw Louisville drop 63 on Florida State. And um, that was when uh, 
what's his name, Lamar Jackson, won the Heisman, the September Heisman. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, uh, yeah. Louisville, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar yeah. Jackson. Yeah, that guy, he's ridiculous. Michael Vick said that he's got everything that I had when I was yeah, in college. Yeah, he he's five times better than I was in college. Oh, so he's tweeted. come out and said that? Yeah. Jeez. Oh, so, yeah, that end game had 63-20, to 20, but it might as well have been 63-3 to like three or seven or something. It was – I think they got like – maybe a couple points in the in the garbage time but that game was not close so it was interesting i think i think i kind of filed that as um i don't you know at the time florida state after they had beat Ole miss was people were thinking oh you know this is their year they're going to beat clemson they're going to beat louisville they're going to beat everyone they beat Ole miss now so i think since a few weeks that win has lost a little bit of its luster not because it wasn't impressive because it was impressive. Uh, that's that's. I weird. feel like they probably could have beaten Alabama that day. Yeah, you know? that day they were just they were on un- fire, unbeatable. It was yeah. ridiculous. I mean, Florida State looked like a high school team. You know, it, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. and and that's where we're saying the the freshman quarterback started to stumble eventually, and that that's what probably made me remember that. <laughs> yeah, but the freshman quarterback didn't give up sixty three. Yeah, right? it's not not all his fault. Yeah. All right, that week we had Alabama Ole Miss. That was an interesting game. I think Alabama gave up 400 yards of passing, which I think has become kind of their Achilles heel, which is interesting because, you know, Saban being the secondary guy as his bread and butter, he, uh, I think if you could point to one weakness in Alabama this year, it's going deep over the top. They, uh, yeah. I think they're giving up like 63 yards a game or something just stupid. On rushing. rushing. Yeah. 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 But they've gotten lit up by – they got lit up by Mississippi in the air, and they got lit up by Arkansas. Arkansas got 400 yards passing on them as well. Which wow. Which is interesting. Of course, of course, Alabama scored seven defensive touchdowns, so I guess, you know, a little bit of that is playing with fire when you throw, when you throw on them all that. Yeah. Much. Well, I mean, they're, they're like the opposite of Georgia right now. They – Jeremy Pruitt came from Georgia, went there, and he runs in a completely different defense and a defensive secondary scheme that they're probably adjusting to. They got the talent. You know they got the talent, but it's it's totally different than what they're used to. He he does a whole lot of uh, uh, guys dropping back and helping out the secondary because everywhere he's ever been, his secondary has been like number one or number two in the country because he ha- he gives his guys a lot of help. And that's what our guys at Georgia are having a hard time adjusting to not having the help. So the guys that we thought were All-Americans, and one of them is an All-American, isn't having a very good year at Georgia. So they're going through kind of the exact opposite type situation. Ohio State-Oklahoma was a big game as well. Oklahoma just kind of got ran over. Ohio State's kind of just was a a machine in that game. They were just – they beat them at all angles. It was a – it was kind of like Houston except a little bit more so. So that was kind of too – body blows to Oklahoma early in their season of course didn't neither of those wins damage them in the race for the Big 12 but kind of you know the the Big 12's front runner kind of got pasted by uh power by a group of five team and and by a you know a contender team how, how, how are you feeling about Ohio State game this year in Michigan yeah I'm 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 all right with it I think our I think our defense is going to keep us in every game, including Ohio State. Our defense is looking super solid. That well, you did beat uh, the same team by a whole lot more Rutgers. Yeah, I don't read too much into that. I mean, it's a statement. It was intentional. Like, there's a reason you guys scored 78 points. Well, <laughs> by the end, I mean, yeah, we got up to like 50. I think we were at 57 or, or whatever. It was like midway through the third quarter, and 
And already by then, we had the backup quarterback in. Shortly after that, we had the third-string quarterback in. <laughs> we had, the, like, yeah, Jabr- the Jabril running for touchdowns left and right. No, no. He was, like, out of the game. He wasn't, definitely wasn't playing offense okay. much in the second half. And they had just, um, you know, we had third, fourth-string running backs in there just gashing and going for, like, 50-yard touchdowns. But, um, but, yeah, what were the other games? Michigan State, Notre Dame. Both of those teams have kind of gone down the tubes, and I think both of those fan bases are doing a little soul-searching, which is really quite entertaining from my perspective. Yeah. So I really don't mind talking about that. But little brother became little brother again. That's <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to gloat too much. I don't really, you know, yeah. we'll let it fester a little bit and then maybe get in on that. The world is right. Yeah, and on that note, next week, Wisconsin paced Michigan State 30-6. to six. Uh, Ole Miss. Wisconsin's kind of like the A&M of your league. Like, they're like, where'd they come from, you know? Um, yeah, let's see. Who, who would I compare Wisconsin to as far as the SEC goes? They've got a solid defense mostly all the time. They like to run the ball. They're like Arkansas. Because, but yeah. I mean, that's the really easy comparison since they got their coach. Yeah. But that really is who they are. And, and our, Brett Bielema is trying to like make Arkansas the Wisconsin of the SEC. That makes sense. But I like it. Yeah. So then Mississippi, Mississippi almost whooped on Georgia. That was uh, not pretty, was it? I don't want to talk about it. Michigan whooped on Penn State. <laughs> Tennessee fell down early to Florida. And I think. Yeah, that was interesting. That was really, uh, I think that was a turning point in their season because yeah. they went down to what was it, twenty-one zip at halftime, and you could yeah. see like terror at, at the whole fan at, at halftime. You know, like, like this is a beatdown. <laughs> this is horrible. Yeah, the whole fan base was like, yeah. looked like ghosts, and it looked yeah. like it looked like you know, it was. Hopefully, they had padded walls there in the locker room, yeah. but they definitely. Uh, stared death in the face and came came out swinging and and, and they're such a, a second half team it's ridiculous like i mean you you're gonna get caught eventually which happened finally with a&m well, the next week we're gonna talk about but i mean it's you can't just only show up in the second half even georgia was 17 to nothing at one point and they're just if they could put together a full game they'd be scary you know, I think I think they have a lot of talent. I think they are kind of who everyone thought they were. You know, yeah, <laughs> they are they, who you we see got it sometimes, them. but the consistency is not their best, not their best trait for sure. Washington yeah. that week, Washington went to overtime with Arizona, which really seems interesting now. Now that Washington's hanging seventy on teams, um, A and M beat Arkansas that week. Washington's got a pretty easy schedule though. Yeah, we can talk more about that as to exactly how easy it is. Um, I think I know that because I looked at your chart that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Because you're, I, I just remember that's why I know that. But this Mike's Mike's kind of uh, he's good with these charts, and we're going to talk a whole lot about strength of schedule chart later. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, Stanford Washington. Speaking of that, Washington whooped on Stanford on a Friday night when everyone was watching forty four to six. That was not pretty. That kind of recalibrated the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina beat Florida State, which brought them down to earth. Talked already about UT and Georgia. Um, Michigan pulled one out against Wisconsin while missing three field goals. Um, um, this was the week I went wrong, right? With That was uh, the week that uh, your predictions went, took a dip because you were perfect until then. Yeah. And, um, and I had Alabama win in the West, which is still correct. But I had Georgia win in the East, which 
you know, call me a homer or whatever, but freaking Hail Mary away from being. And you called the lost Ole Miss. Right. Yep. I, yeah. I did say that. Clemson-Louisville that that uh, week was probably the biggest game of that day. Clemson pulled it out at the end. Yep. It was a quarterback duel, which was interesting. Actually, Deshaun Watson threw three picks that game, if I remember correctly. I'm going to double-check yeah. myself. but He's yeah. got more players around him. That's, you know, they're, they're solid all around. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, the defensive line. Indiana beat Michigan State. Just had to get that one in there, too. That was uh, fun. Um, last week, week six, at this being, what, the 12th of October, we're getting close to week seven. Uh, let's see, Virginia Tech stomped on North Carolina. Um, Tennessee A&M was a very interesting game. Let's talk about that for a second because we had some uh, discussion about um, UT. Some people took away – it was a it seemed like a really weird – thing where people had very different impressions coming out of that game some people said oh you know what a what a slug fest that well, was because where we're at and i mean we're in tennessee so we're gonna hear the side of um to a certain extent i think so but even but, no yeah even our friends that aren't tennessee fans were like it was such a such a great you yeah, know I think, I think bruising both, game on both sides yeah we're in nashville i think in, in the nashville has more people that are not from nashville than people that are from Nashville, which is yeah. really weird. And I think it's kind of a really diverse fan base. It's like a commuter city. You know? like yeah, people, yeah. There's people a, come to live here from other places. Yeah, I think that makes for a very diverse fan base. You unless you you're, unless you're like everywhere. in Knoxville. I mean, that's different. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, Tennessee is such a weird state because you've got like East Tennessee, which is UT yeah. territory. It, well, it's, it's, it spans like four freaking like southern states. states, you know. Yeah, it's so like it's three so separate huge. states, basically. Yeah. But, but yeah, so what I was getting at is we can just look at the look at I'm looking at the box score here. Tennessee, six hundred and eighty four total yards. Texas A and M five hundred and ninety two total yards. That you know, back in the day, three, four years ago, that wasn't that would not happen in the SEC. SEC would no. be like fourteen to twelve or or six to three, right? Well, I, I mean, mean it's it's you're, solid you're, D. you're basically looking at talking about some solid D here. <laughs> Let's look at the fact that the things are changing, not just being an SEC homer guy, but like oh, it's definitely we're not, we're looking, I'm not saying that the SEC is in decline. I'm just saying no, that we're looking at two spread teams though. Yeah, yeah, we're like two teams are going to air it out and yeah. not just. Even Alabama's a spread team, now, yeah. Basically, it was pretty much everyone is ridiculous. Like the the whole the old, you know, rule of thumb that we're gonna run the ball down your throat and we're gonna have a better line than you and that's gonna win us a game isn't isn't what we are anymore. And it's kind of like working out for some programs and and miserably failing for others. And mm-hmm. you know, or, and, and sometimes it just takes a while to build it up. Look at right. Tennessee. I mean, it's Butch has been there. What is this? This is his fourth year. Mm-hmm. I think a consistent theme, though, that I that I that I think pretty much is consistent with all spread-oriented teams, where they run hurry up and they're always juicing the clock. You the know, even teams that are just pro style are still doing hurry up. Well, I'm, what but what I'm getting at is the teams that are super aggressive on running as many plays as possible. They expose their D. You know, yeah. If you, you I mean, it's not just a matter of people getting winded. It's, but that's what it comes down to a lot of times in the second half, where your D's just been on the field the whole time. And they're and, exhausted, and if you and have, any they might be going death, up against yeah. a team that's 
that's still the old school pro form run it down their throats and their defense is just done right because yeah. yeah because they're on the field always ready yeah seven turnovers for tennessee the last one ending the game so i mean could, could have kind of predicted that one 10 turnovers total 19 penalties that was uh yeah, not, not a pretty game no not a pretty game no. very entertaining yeah it was great to watch <laughs> very i mean entertaining. I, when they when he poked the ball out there at the end, you know that game was over. Yeah. If that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. He was running down the field, and I was like, "Wow, okay. I, I guess this one's this one put a put it's a ball over. On this one, yeah." And then bam, it was like freaking. I I said at that moment, and I was probably three Jack and Cokes in or whatever, but I was like, "I swear to God, Butch Jones sold his soul to Satan, because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way one human being can be lucky like five games in a row." Yeah. I mean, we're talking like the, the the App State game, fumble recovered in the in the end zone, missed field goal. They should have lost that game four separate times and won it somehow. Mm-hmm. And they it, played down to Ohio the next week, yeah. and they played – who did they play the next week? Uh, the next week was Florida, wasn't it? Yep, Florida, then they're down 21, come back, and that's the one game they actually whoop some ass. That's fine. Yeah. But uh, that one didn't Georgia, come Georgia, Hail Mary. I mean, it's – Georgia, Hail Mary. Uh, yeah, A and M, their luck ran out. Yeah, if even fine, they had plenty of it. But it, but I mean, they still had some r- really lucky moments, and it was like, mm-hmm. it's gonna happen again. Yeah, I I, I, I was I, becoming a believer. I was like, man, they they are that team. You yeah, know? I think what I was hearing, I think what I was hearing, and this probably did come from some of the like Tennessee leaning people. It was, well, you know, if you you know having six turnovers and and being right there with a chance to win. You know, that's, that means that they're really good. You know, they got to be really good to put themselves in it and there to be a chance to win after six turnovers. Oh, no. like, yeah. Nas- national championship teams don't have six turnovers all year. Yeah. You know, they, I mean, they do. But, I mean, that's it. Not in, yeah. in one game. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. no they, I mean, they definitely Team, made plays. But teams you, that have all these kind of mistakes eventually get exposed. Yeah. And, and I think we may see that happen next week. Yeah. That's, that's next week for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Actually, I have a bet with uh, another buddy we talked about in our group text today, and I I got him winning by twenty one, but I gave him ten in the bet for twenty bucks. Yeah, he's so. got he's got Tennessee plus ten, and uh, that was uh, awful generous of you. Yes. Um, yeah, Washington whooped Oregon. Oregon is kind of trending in the wrong direction. Florida State beat Miami on a missed extra point. Damn. Right. <laughs> Classic way to end one of those two games. Crazy. Um, Washington crushed Washington State. Uh, Cougs crushed Stanford. Back back to Oregon real quick. Yeah. Uh, Nate McBride, who uh, is the number one middle linebacker coming out of high school this year, two hundred and sunshine. Dude, it's a handsome man. <laughs> but, uh, we're talking six two two thirty, and. He runs faster than most wide receivers could ever dream of. He runs like I think he ran a ten six one hundred meter. He's a state champ in Georgia. We're talking fastest middle linebacker ever. Was he going to Oregon? He he went to Oregon on official, 
when they got the brakes beat off them the other day. Yeah, a couple of the Michigan recruits went to Duke the week that they, or went to Notre Dame the week they lost to Duke. Yeah, <laughs> it's like dang, it can't be too good. But and, they're, they're they're still saying it was a great visit, and he's really intrigued. Yeah, I'm glad we got off on that slight tangent because there is a certain team up in the Northeast that decided to have uh, that decided is really putting their foot down on recruiting and decided to have 200 prospects visit their stadium. And they got 78 dropped on them. Michigan crushed them. Ouch. 78 zip with. They had 200 two, recruits 200 at that game? recruits, they said. How do, I you, mean, have, how do you have that many? Yeah, like I know, that's, I, I, I'm not sure that I buy that. Like 200 two stars? Like, well, right. Obviously, there was. Uh, any big some, names? A, a volume. Yeah, they had some big names. So I think most of the big names were there to see Michigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, so. they're double dipping. I'm yeah. here on my Rutgers official, but yeah, exactly. I also, and, and then of course, the, you know, the Rutgers fans are like, "You guys are so arrogant to think that that they're here to see." Like every recruit <laughs> next week is going to Tennessee recruit Cam Akers is a Tennessee yeah. oh, potential. Yeah. And that happens but all the time. He's, he's yeah. going to watch the Alabama team. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, I mean, same with like big time recruits that are you know there'll be a bunch of Michigan recruits that'll all go to official at Ohio State because they want to watch that game, but it happens yeah. to be at Ohio State, so they'll just take their it, official Ohio State. It's slated know? to be a great game, you know. So yeah, why not? I I, I do the same thing if I was a recruit. I'm not judging them for doing it. It's just. Yeah, no. It's it's funny when you know they're not really there. They're, the school they're officially visiting, they're really kind of there because of another school. Yeah, so let's pivot over here. We can kind of we've kind of covered what's happened so far, and I think it might be uh, interesting to kind of just project a little bit. We can take start with the SEC and see what you think is going to happen in the division. A little, little easier to predict now that we got something to go off of. Right, I, yeah, I, we can we can go for division and then we can kind of, we can, I think maybe we can uh, give our playoff predictions after that. We I think we can set the table though, give some context with our division picks. Let's start with the SEC West. I think this is uh, kind of one of those that uh, looks the same way every year. You know? Yeah, it's kind of, both of them, I mean, they're both, East and West are all but decided at this point, you know. I mean, oh, I don't, I anything don't can happen. Anything I, can happen. But I mean, we're talking. Well, who? I mean, Alabama's got to lose three games, right? To lose the West, that's not going to happen. Um, no, A and M is undefeated. A and M is mm-hmm. undefeated. Auburn's only lost one conference game. LSU's only lost lost one conference game. LSU, Auburn. Uh, they still have a shot at Alabama. So if Alabama were to stumble and they would lose a head-to-head to one of those teams, that could shake everything up. So neither neither of them is far from over. Uh, Alabama's got uh, UT this week. Um, obviously not a obviously not a uh, division game, but could that could upset the apple cart. They still they go they go U, they go Tennessee A and M LSU Mississippi State, and they have their bye week with Chattanooga. And Auburn, <laughs> so they got to run a little bit of a gauntlet there. UT, Texas A and M, and LSU. That could be interesting. It looks like they have a week off between A and M and LSU. But you know, I, I who don't, knows what LSU team is going to roll in there? Yeah, that, that's that's a little bit of a gauntlet. So I mean, you might have some injuries. You might have you know, a little fatigue in there because you're playing tough teams. So yeah, maybe somebody pulls one out. But so it's not quite decided. But I think they're, they are the clear cut favorite. Obviously, yeah, I, I would not bet any money on them losing any of those games yeah the east we've got tennessee up top 
They've got their two and one in conference. Florida's two and one. Of course, Tennessee beat Florida. Tennessee also beat Georgia. So uh, Tennessee is sitting pretty there. The only thing is, is that uh, that Tennessee or that LSU Florida game that has been that got postponed could uh, affect a lot of things. Could affect a lot of things. You want to you want to touch on that real quick, and then we can then we can move on. Yeah. So it's yeah. come up. So, I mean, obviously, we're picking Tennessee to win the East right now. Um, it would take a few losses, you know, well, to, to get anyone back into the picture. <laughs> yeah, so this whole... Uh, and yeah, they're going to have two losses possibly after next week, but they're both from the West, so... Yeah, so I think Tennessee, yeah, they're obviously in the best position to win. They've got to play who they have left on the schedule. they got Bama. Lost. Then they've got South Carolina, Tennessee Tech. South Carolina is probably the worst team that ever played in the SEC. Yeah, they statistically uh, they're like 127 in a lot of categories, and there's only 128 yeah. teams. Yeah, <laughs> they got South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, Vanderbilt. Oh, and Tennessee Tech. So they got that that going for them. So basically, their whole season rides on this game right here. I mean, I guess that's kind of projecting yeah i mean if if we're going their whole season if they're talking national championship you know but right if they want to get in the playoff it's they got to win tomorrow because they lost they lost one already they're not mathematically eliminated but if they lose tomorrow they're i I think they're two lost team is going to be tough making a four-team playoff yeah i mean they would need a lot of help i don't know but they're going to get to probably see alabama again so does a two loss tennessee if they beat him in an SEC championship, do they make the playoffs? It would. They would need a lot of carnage outside of the conference. I don't I know think. if they they would though, because then Alabama still only might have the one loss, and it's the championship game. Right. So, so they're still a one loss team. Yeah, I don't know though. I mean, I would say that if Tennessee beats Alabama in the conference championship game, I don't think that it being that recent. I don't think that the that the committee would put Bama in over Tennessee. I think that they would basically eliminate Bama at that point, and they would just consider Tennessee since that game had just happened. Even though one team has one loss and one team has two, I think it would. I think some of it would depend on the situation. Like if it, they had won on some kind of fluky, if there was a lot of Tennessee luck and they're in that de- game, they're the defending national champions. I still, man, I, I still think that that it that it. Would I think it would make things. It would get messy. It would get real messy. Yeah. I, I don't. I a just lot don't think of they upset fans it. on either side that doesn't get put in. Like, yeah. And they both have legit arguments if that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to the Big Ten. Big Ten West. We've got contenders of Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa. Um, everyone else is not contenders. Um, and when I say contenders, I mean they're still mathematically alive or, you know, Nebraska's 5-0. and Hadn't played a whole lot of anybody. They're 2-0 in conference. They haven't played... Um, any of the tough teams in the Big Ten yet? Um, Wisconsin is going to get probably. Wisconsin's probably going to be get beat by Ohio State. Wisconsin has to kind of run the gauntlet. They play Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State. They beat Michigan State. They lost to Michigan. Um, they're probably going to lose to Ohio State. So they really drew the short straw coming from the West and playing those crossover games. So in Iowa, um, they lost to an FCS team. They got, yeah. 
State. That will take care of that. <laughs> yeah, they, well, it, it it was North North Dakota State who was like five time mm. national champions in a row, but still, they're the ones that could tomorrow say I want to be Division One, and it right. wouldn't take much paperwork. But then they lost to Northwestern. Iowa did as well, so that is not going to work in their favor. No. So basically, uh, Nebraska is um, the lone the lone contender there. They beat Oregon, they beat Northwestern, they beat Illinois. Um, they've got to play Ohio State, but the rest of their schedule looks pretty manageable. If uh, they beat Ohio State, um, they got to play Wisconsin. So Wisconsin, if Wisconsin could beat them, that could that could uh, throw a wrench in it because then then they would both have two losses, and then they, Wisconsin would have the head to head on them. So looks like that'll might come down to that game. But I think maybe I think maybe the chaos or or the the, the downfall of the Big Ten would be if Iowa one out um but they would have to beat michigan and, and uh I, I don't see that happening yeah there's a lot of uh not in the cards probably michigan's looking good this year and i i was kind of a an anti-harbaugh guy but now i'm like man he that dude can coach and seeing him coach in person when we went to the satellite camp was my first kind of like well maybe he's not you know you know just tooting his horn out here trying to steal players from the sec <laughs> he's actually out here what Mike said, spreading the gospel well, of, fo- of football. It's it's definitely uh, he's definitely burning the candles on both ends because he's going to try and get the oh, players yeah. that he wants. But, he, but he is, he's but not uh, he's not what's he's not contrived. Yeah. He's, but uh, what you saw was a guy yeah. that you want to play for and a good and a good coach. Yeah, you know? he's not out there. You know, he's not a snake oil guy like a lot of people like to portray him. He he uh, he truly. Uh, yeah, I think the media kind of paints a, a, a negative light on him because all the the stuff he says and. And the the whining you hear sometimes that they're making yeah. it into whining, but he's not really whining. He's, you know, he knows how to get attention. That's for he's sure. Getting attention, but he doesn't. But yeah. he he he's very good at keeping a consistent image. Yeah. You know, he, mm-hmm. he he everything he does he he backs up, or everything he says he backs up with what he does. And you know, a lot of people think it's some of the things that he says are so outrageous. Yeah. But then you see what he does, and they're equally outrageous and consistent with what he says. And, yeah, and, like, wow. and what matters is they're backing it up on the field now. You know, it, it's not just talk anymore. It's it's we're undefeated. We're beating teams seventy-eight to zero. Not that that was a good team or anything. Well, but, you know, yeah. they're they're consistently handling what they're supposed to handle. They're doing their job so far. Yeah. Uh, if they are to if they lay an egg against Michigan State, and if they get, that'd be a large if they egg. get pasted by Ohio State, then that would flip real quick. But I don't, I don't see that happening. I, th- I think that's going to be one of the games of the year, Michigan-Ohio State. I mean, that that's when you're talking playoff implications, that's going to be kind of like Clemson-Louisville uh, the other day. I mean, it's it's going to be that kind of atmosphere. It's going to be huge. I agree. I You know, I heard a lot of people talking about, you know, what team could uh, or what conference could get two teams into the playoff. Um, and that one, one, uh, it's, it's either us or y'all for sure. SEC uh, or, or I, the big 10. I don't know though, because who is the second best team in the SEC? It could be two from the West. You know, I mean, y'all don't have divisions really. You're you saying think A&M is on the level of Bama uh, one and on the level of Ohio state. I mean, mm. they gave up 600 yards of offense to Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, they, but Tennessee's supposed to be good. Well, well, you're right. They're not mathematically eliminated, but I just don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not there's saying a, there's a lot. Left I don't think they necessarily beat Ohio State, but uh, no, I know. It, you're right. I, you're right. It could happen. 
Yeah. You know, in a, in a one game scenario, a lot can happen. Um, but I guess what I'm getting at is what I was hearing a lot, especially from uh, one podcast I listened to, the Athlon Cover Two podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Braden and Mitch, shout out to them. They're good. They're they're good fun show. to listen to. Um, but they were saying they basically in their magazine they predicted two ACC teams in the playoff: Florida State and Clemson. And I guess I see the logic behind it because it was at the beginning of the year before Louisville popped out of nowhere. It was kind of just them two, those two teams, and everyone else. And they're in the oh same, yeah, be- in the beginning of the year. That's yeah. that's not a, a tough prediction because that's those are two of the top yeah teams. Period. But yeah, I mean, I think I, I guess I'm, runners up, and then Florida State's Florida State, you know? which is understandable. But Florida State's taking a big hit. Um, Louisville is. They lost to Clemson, so they're not going to get another shot in the in the playoff game. They still got to play Houston later in the in the year, so that'll be interesting. Um, but I don't see that. I think it's I think the odds are better that if Michigan and Ohio State roll into that game undefeated, and especially if Michigan loses at Ohio State by say like a last second field goal or something, and it's just a knockdown dragout. Close, yeah. I think it. You know, it's really it's really a strange um, it's like reincarnation a, of ten uh, years ago. LSU, when, Alabama. Well, 10 years ago, it was um, Ohio State number one, Michigan number two at Ohio State um, at the end of the year, and that was before the playoff. And, you know, that was when uh, Florida snuck in there um, with Urban Meyer at Florida. They snuck in there, and then they beat the brakes off of Ohio State. Or I don't know if they whooped them, but they beat them for the national championship. But that year, if there was a playoff. Was that 10 years ago already? 10 years ago, 06, yeah. Jeez. So – we obviously know. Is that, is that with with Tebow or with Leak? That was Tebow and Leak. Okay, both of them. Okay. Yeah. Tebow was just starting to come out of the woodwork. It was Leak doing plus j- Tebow. jump pass touchdowns yeah. and shit. Yeah, I remember yeah. now. Yeah, so that division will come down to that game essentially. So, but yeah, let's dive into my uh, little spreadsheet that I've got going here. I like to. The thing that kind of spawned this is what I, is that I like to um, look at the teams that have beaten teams and the record of the teams that they've beaten, right? Because, you know, let's say at the end of the year, someone's 11, 12, and 0, right? Mm-hmm. How do you decide who's better 12 and 0? Okay, what's the strength of schedule, right? Obviously, it's an easy way to look at it. But let's say, you know, two teams are 10 and, and 2. And everybody rates their strength of schedule a little different. Right, right. Mike's way is kind of intriguing if you if you pay close attention here. It's right. So, all right. So here are the things that go into my spreadsheet. Uh, w- there's two ways. If, if you want to see it, look on our our Twitter. Yeah, I'll post it on I'll post it on there so you can look at it. But basically, I don't look at anything besides wins and losses. I'm not getting into advanced stats and and this and the and the street. The thing that I keep track of or not it's not a predictive sheet so it's not going to you know it's, it's not going to analyze offensive performance and defensive efficiency and all yeah, that kind we, of stuff we We're stick not, to the meat and potatoes the wins and losses right i have it done a couple ways to where i fact sometimes i factor in the um, ap rank in addition to the uh, wins and losses of any team but i but for the purposes of this, I like to just make it wins and losses because, you know, if you're if you're going to measure something, you might as well not put in any human bias, even if it's the AP poll, and, and might as well just leave it as free of bias as, as possible. Um, so give us some, some examples. Okay, yeah. So 
let's look at the AP rank and see how it compares and see if I can tell you who who I think doesn't hasn't quite matched up with their with their resume so that's what that's what I'm measuring here essentially is is quality of wins essentially and strength of schedule and the strength of schedule is based on the wins of every opponent on any given team's schedule right so basically the record of your opponents nothing else it's it's a measurement of your entire schedule not not just what has been played to date you know i see i'm watching espn and i see this stuff and it's like oh you know uh ohio state's played the 77th ranked schedule and it's like yeah that's right because they hadn't played anybody yet and the teams that have played are have been crap garbage right but you know you might as well factor in the teams that you know they're going to play so you can have a reasonable estimate of their schedule right yeah so it, it kind of puts it a little bit ahead of what you might see on tv right so at the top we have uh texas a&m in terms of the strength of the opponents they've beaten uh, we don't count fcs wins uh, Is this, we got everybody all conferences all conferences um, the opponents of Texas A&M have 17 wins combined. That's not counting um, FCS teams, like I said. And so, so there is a little bit of a, um, you know, there's a conference to conference um, adjustment um, that you could that you could consider. Like for instance, the SEC plays an eight-game conference schedule. Um, they typically play. But eight- you only factor in like A&M's. W's right. I only factor in the records uh, of the teams that A and M beat. Exactly. So let's so say, so you don't instance, get credit if it's a team that you lost to. Correct. For instance, Tennessee had doesn't get credit for A and M's wins, yep. but A and M will get credit for Tennessee's wins. Yeah, since, that's that's what people needed to hear. That's how they. That's, right. That's where we actually get it. Right. So I, at the top, I have A and M. They have their opponents have seventeen wins. Um, and again, this is a measurement of essentially resume to date. Um, then next, actually, is Tennessee, 16 wins. Um, they've they, a lot of teams they played have won a bunch of games. Georgia, Florida, um, even App State has a fair amount of FBS wins. Yeah, we whipped Nichols ass. <laughs> <laughs> next, we have Michigan, also has 16 uh, wins. Michigan, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. A lot of this stuff doesn't mean a whole lot yet. But as we get farther into the season, um, it gives you a good gauge, I think. Right. Yeah. So the but the interesting thing that I uh, that I ran across here is is an easily calculated strength of schedule. So for instance, and keep in mind these things are dynamic too, so they'll change based on the result of every week. So you know if the Pac-12 wins a bunch of games, um, their strength of schedule could get boosted up. But for instance, a lot of people have, you know, I think they're, what are they ranked in the AP right now? Washington. Uh, let's see. I think a lot of people have them at six or five. Let's see where they're at right now. Five, right? Okay. So, bet you didn't know that Washington's strength of schedule is 2% easier than the average FBS schedule. And that includes non-Power 5 teams, right? Uh, so that is a little bit, uh, a little bit eye-opening compared to, you know, when you consider what they would have to do in order to, you know, even if they were to run the table, they would have, you know, 
possibly um, questions attached to that. Yeah, and that's what the committee is going to look at at the end. They're going to be like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, I know the committee has numbers similar to this um, that they look at. Washington's— We should should send them our— Yeah, yeah. Our sheet. I'll make sure that that is known. Washington's strength of schedule is 15% weaker than the average Power 5 schedule. Um, For reference, we have— That's a large percentage weaker, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, definitely something to consider. For reference, Tennessee's uh, strength of schedule is 14% more difficult than the average Power 5 schedule. Uh, Clemson's strength of schedule is uh, pretty much on average. Why have it 1% stronger than the average Power 5 strength of schedule? Um, Ohio State's up there, 14% stronger than the average Power 5 strength of schedule. Yeah. Michigan's 4% higher than the average Power 5 strength of schedule, so it's all... It's all pretty close. Um, so if you run the table with that kind of strength of schedule, you're yeah, you're I a think, shoe in. I think that would yeah, I think it would be pretty clear. Um, you know, if if one team would do that. Uh, let's see here. How many undefeated are we gonna have? That is a, definitely a, a question that is going to be answered. Two. Right. Bama. And either Michigan or Ohio State. Could still be Clemson too. Yep, could be. That's true. Three, three undefeated is a pretty easy like pick. That who's the who's the fourth? You know, they don't have to make a really tough decision there. Yeah, so let's just talk strictly strength of schedule for a second here. Guess, let's play a game. Guess who has the weakest strength of schedule throughout the Power Five, including ACC, Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve. SEC weakest schedule in football which yeah which team do you think has the weakest and which which conference do you think it's from Pac-12 no it is not it is Baylor with the weakest strength of schedule 35% weaker than the average power five 25% weaker than the average FBS jeez yeah Uh, North Carolina is the first non-big 12 we have we have the bottom. The bottom counting up is Baylor, Kansas State, TCU, West Virginia, North Carolina, Iowa State, Miami. Um, yeah. The first. The and and North Carolina's losing games to teams they're not supposed to. That's. Yeah. They're they're out. Yeah. We, that commercial. Who's in? Who's out? They're out. <laughs> we've got tied. We've got tied. Florida and Iowa are the. Uh, weakest Big Ten SEC, and they have an equivalent strength of schedule that is 1% more difficult than the average FBS, 12% less difficult than the average Power 5. Up at the top, um, I've got Indiana with the toughest strength of schedule. Uh, USC is actually second, uh, tied with LSU. And, they, and USC doesn't get credit for Bama even. It, it, you know, okay, so this is a slight difference. This isn't, a re- uh, this isn't a resume measurement. This is the record of all teams you play, win or loss. All teams, okay. Right, that's how I would measure strength of schedule. Okay. Is, is not. That's because like, you got to have, you know, if you play Bama. You, yeah, if you, <laughs> if you play Bama, that definitely is factored in your strength of schedule. That, that was a hell of a game. Yeah. <laughs> Playing yeah. against freaking NFL players. Yeah, so I guess um, – from that information I'm looking at, I, I think I still, I mean, a lot of people, we have this conversation about 
FBI test and, you know, how good does the team look? You know, you could you could look on one hand, Louisville looked awesome. Um, we'll see how that plays out with the, how those teams perform. Washington has looked awesome. They are, uh, you know, okay, here's a good contrast. You can tell this is what the this is what I take the eye test to mean. There's a difference between Washington and Tennessee, right? Huge. You can tell how, how they win, right? Yeah. So you could say Washington's passing the eye test. Tennessee had been passing the field test, but not necessarily the eye test. Yeah, right? the, the eye test is Auburn, you know, two miracle victories and then goes to Florida State for the national championship and right. ruined our streak of SEC championships. Right. Still mad at them for that. Right. So, uh, so, uh, but I think at the end of the year, a lot of, you know, I don't see why at the end of the year, a lot of people talk about the football, uh, college football playoff committee is going to take into consideration the eye test. I don't quite see why that would be. I mean, at the end I mean, of the season. It, if you have the people factor in it, the eye test does kind of exist. If you think about it, cause, I mean, it's because you can't take the human factor out. Right. Okay. So human the, humans. Are so using in the, in the situation, their eyes. So, so if I imagine a situation where I'm where where I could consider that, say we had Tennessee and Washington switch places. Ten, Washington played Tennessee's schedule, and you know they went and they lost a couple games, right? So they were out. But Tennessee is winning by the the hair on their chin every week, and every week after that, and they finish so the season with, undefeated. When, with the eye test, they're kind of going to be put to the back burner and I'm going to look for other teams that right. are handling business. Right. That would be where I could, I could view using the eye test, but I think the odds of the eye test being a valid consideration are probably pretty, pretty low. Generally speaking yeah. after 12 yeah. games for every team, you know? Yeah. That kind of, the eye test goes away because some, some stuff's just decided by then you would hope, you know, yeah. it's not like there's going to be six or seven undefeated teams. Yeah. That'd be, crazy i would not want that job to decide <laughs> yeah so i think a, a theme though that we've been seeing is like it's uh it's a pretty small number of teams now that are have kind of separated themselves away from the rest of the pack you know i mean that kind of happens every year but at the same time you've got let's say bama ohio state clemson michigan let's get the beer burps michigan, give me a second. Uh, washington uh, who am I missing here that's still alive? A&M's still alive. Yeah. Um, trying to think who else is there. And it's not eliminated yet. Tennessee is still alive, I guess. Techni technically, yeah. Tennessee yeah. Is. So you've got, what, six, seven, eight teams, and then everyone else is yeah. effectively eliminated, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Houston. Whoever's got two losses, you can pretty much do this. Yeah, even a lot of these teams have, they have Until they expand it to, like, eight teams make the playoffs. Yeah, so... We can project all we want, but you know, we'll we'll kind of let it play out, I guess. Um, who do you think? Uh, we we talked a lot on our first podcast before the season about hot seat coaches, right? We saw one bite the dust. Yep, uh, we saw one go down, and I, I'm pretty sure that I can't take credit for that calling that one because everyone knew that the alumni were after less and if he had a teeny hiccup he's gone yeah it wasn't any secret that one yeah that's that was you know and you don't want to take credit for guys getting booted you know <laughs> like oh, i called that one I feel great about it unless i hate the guy and you know. yeah he's getting pushed out the door last year so 
Yeah. But yeah, we thought uh, someone and Miles on for two. Right? Yeah, and someone I would say we were we were wrong on because look, A and M's in the picture. We just said it. You know, they're they're in the in the talks, even though he's really bad at managing quarterbacks. Apparently, he still is a good coach, and they're still winning games against tough teams, mm-hmm. and and they have the hard strength of schedule. You know, so I mean, someone looking pretty good. I think he bought himself an extra couple of years, and really one of the only reasons he was on it is uh, because of the rough season last year and losing lots of players that were just recruits that just saying, you know, what I'm done. You know, number one dual threats, number one pocket buys a quarterback saying, I don't like it here, I'm out. You know, and that's that's a problem. But they they keep finding them. They got, they got a guy who's rated a 95 on 24-7, you know, right now in the class of 2000, 2017 coming in. So he'll, he'll keep finding them. People want to play in his system. It, it apparently works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's so, not. He's not just living off Johnny Manziel anymore. It's actually winning games. Right. Malzahn is in a similar situation where he's winning games, and you know, if you win games, you uh, your your seat becomes progressively cooler. It's um, it's a bit cooler, but I still think he has a bit of a gauntlet to go, and it could get ugly. Right. I I agree. I don't think he's out of the woods by any stretch. No, he's gonna have to probably beat Georgia. Which has been a tall task for them, you know. I, I think, we, yeah, we kind of trade blows. It's the oldest rivalry there is in college football, but uh, I think it's going to be a hell of a game this year. I think we're a little bit down, and they're a little bit better than we thought they would be, you know. They're so, a little bit up and down. Yeah, they're they're a little all over, but it it's probably going to be a pretty good game from what I'm seeing. So, yeah. So. Um, some of the coaches that we did not foresee would be on the hot seat. Um, of course, Charlie Strong, I guess, is the one that jumps out at me. And yeah, yeah it was kind I, of a make I still or break feel like year. they're, they're going to give him another year. Yeah, even. that's a tough one for me because he probably deserves another year. Um, but they don't want to miss out on Tom Herman. And at the same time, he, you know, he's a defensive guy, and their defense is just like Swiss cheese. I mean, they're just everybody shredded. wants Herman out of Houston. It's it's just them LSU. There's gonna be a bidding war for him. I would yeah, his agent. Yeah, and where's Les Miles gonna go? Because he's getting a job somewhere. Her- Herman is. Yeah, there might be a bidding war, but he just signed a five-year contract to stay at Houston, worth a lot of money. So somebody's gonna have to pay that if they want him and it might be totally yeah, worth it you Some, and I somebody both will know it's monopoly money they play with yeah so yeah. i mean they're not paying their players or anything so unless you're old miss <laughs> so we've got uh charlie strong what about brian kelly eh? uh eh? he he's the uh, i've heard i've heard some some rumors lately uh i don't think he's gonna get fired but i think he's he's firing everybody around him to save face (laughs) yeah he's used up all his uh decoy targets yeah you can't fire anybody i mean who else are you gonna fire before the you know before it gets pointed at you that's uh that's gonna be interesting clay helton at usc but i think He'll be okay for at least one more year at at Notre Dame, Kelly. So maybe, yeah, we'll and unless, unless things goes. just freaking fall apart the rest of the season, I think he's got one more year before he's truly gone. Yeah, I I see that situation as where he's probably more likely to see the writing on the wall and just dip out before while he can get some other job because a lot of you know you I've been hearing things about him to the NFL for a long time and mm-hmm. you know. 
uh, I, th- I just feel like it was more likely that he would leave before they would fire him. Not necessarily that that would be the, after this year or, or any, anytime soon, but I just, you know, I feel like that would be more likely. Yeah. Um, if you had to pick a coach in college football that you're, he's gone, who, who are you picking? Who's gone? Hmm. That ain't gone yet, obviously. <laughs> um, Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong? I think I'd go with Malzahn if I had to pick somebody. Do you think he's definitely gone? I think he's he's pretty much out. I, I mean, if you, if you look at the rest of their schedule, like, oh, let me pull it up real quick here. I, th- I think Auburn, he's got a couple losses left in him for sure. Auburn has a rich history of canning coaches, <laughs> so I think that. Yeah, and they'll, they'll can a coach two years after he won a national championship. They're not scared to pull the trigger. So yeah. that's, that's another good point there. But uh, Auburn, let's look at their – the rest of their schedule here. Uh, they just played. They just played Mississippi State. If Miss, I Mississippi State. They won that one handily. So good on them. Um, you got come. You got the bye week to regroup after doing well. But they uh, beat LSU already. They, they beat lost it, Clemson. They beat LSU. They got lucky beating LSU last second. Didn't get the snap off. You know, really lucky. Uh, Arkansas. That's a tough game. That's their next game. That's that's they they might beat Arkansas. They might not. I think they will. They, yeah, I would say they probably should, but they might not. Uh, Ole Miss. I'm talking. That's a loss. I don't think they'll beat. I agree. I think I, they'll lose. I don't think so. There's one loss for sure. Uh, Vanderbilt. That's a W. Uh, Georgia. That's that's up in the air. I'm thinking Georgia's gonna win. I really, I, and and that's just because we get better every game, and it's looking like that's the way it's going. So that's that's probably two losses. So that's, or we'll call that a maybe. So we got one loss and a maybe. Um, uh, Alabama and M, they'll obviously win, uh, and then Alabama, and that's we don't have to say that's a loss, right? So that's two guaranteed losses and a maybe. If they lose that Georgia game, does he keep his job? Probably, I think. You think so? Yeah. So with three more losses on the year, what would their final schedule, final record be? I'm looking at it. One, two, three, four, five losses. So eight and five, or eight. seven and five. Yeah. And you think he keeps his jobs with that record? I'm gonna say no. I mean, they were three and nine last year, right? Well, improving, improving. I mean, had a boy. Although I don't get me wrong, we're, we're SEC's firing coaches going ten and three. Listen, don't get me wrong. I that two two years of uh, you know consistently seven Misery. and five is no good. But uh, but coming from three and nine, I think I think that would go a long way to prove that last year was way out of context i'm just, all i'm and seeing is, is two bad years and 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 in the sec it's a competitive market right there's the next guy up if they can even if the ad's even talking to somebody right now who looks like a hot coach yeah but the thing is just how many coaches are out there that are more of a sure thing than Malzahn? less miles Mm, that'd think, be weird. That'd be weird if yeah, he went there, but think, it could happen. He's a tiger to a tiger. Why not? <laughs> yeah, he could go to Missouri too. Oh, he lies at it. Yeah, 
I, I don't I don't see Les Miles going to Auburn. Although I guess it's a possibility, but I don't think they would hire they would fire Miles on to hire Les Miles. I mean, I don't know. I just don't. Dude, it's working out pretty good for Miami. <laughs> yeah, but that's a different coach. Yeah, I'd say Les is on the same level as Rick. Yeah, he's had a better resume. Yeah, he's won national championships and won games that he wasn't supposed to. But he also doesn't have much of a um, specialty, right? His specialty is chewing on grass and calling fake punts. He's the the mad hatter. (laughs) His specialty is being unpredictable. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good trait in a coach. That's a good trait, but but I I would rather take the quarterback guru. It worked out for – yeah, I'd rather be something guaranteed as – a commodity to your team but yeah I, he's gonna coach somewhere again if it's in oh, the yeah, sec yeah. if it's in the sec maybe kentucky yeah that'd be weird he wouldn't take that job <laughs> he, he's gonna go somewhere good and wait and see but i don't know i, I think if if malzahn loses the game of georgia how five and five and eight how about this what if Les miles goes to the big ten he he has roots there, so why not? I th- that's more than more of a likely scenario, I would say. Um, if if Harbaugh wasn't at Michigan, he's go- he's he's there. He'd be your coach right now. But he's a Michigan. He, Michigan. He, I don't think Michigan he would have alum. left LSU when they hired Harbaugh. I don't think he would have left. No, they they offered him. They were after him. Uh, well, that's debatable. I, I've heard. I've, I've heard before Harbaugh was in the picture. No, 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 I know they've definitely been in touch with him. I don't know that they've ever yeah. formally the, offered him. The but, year before Harbaugh, they yeah, were yeah, like yeah. trying to to get him. Right. That's why I'm saying I don't think he would have left LSU. No, he, that already right. got decided. Right. But now he has no choice, and now he might go to some – he might want to start at the bottom and, and, you know, go somewhere that's struggling in the Big Ten, you know, and then see what he can do. Yeah, I don't know if he'll want to go there, but he, you know, he'll probably take what he can get. He, he definitely said so. And in his post, like after he got fired, he definitely said he was going to – he missed coaching and basically without – saying it explicitly he said he wanted to keep coaching wasn't interested in tv or whatever so yep so i got mal miles on's my prediction you're uh mine's charlie strong charlie strong yeah and i think the other one out there is mark helfridge at oregon they keep dry if they yeah <laughs> i mean if they keep giving up 70 points <laughs> they're gonna that something's gonna happen they don't it. they don't play defense out there yeah they hadn't fired a coach since, since like the 70s at oregon really weird I hope, that, I hope that's not an attractive thing to Nate McBride like ooh their defense is so bad I can definitely play here <laughs> I don't know but I think it would I think Oregon would be an attractive job to a coach oh hell yeah Nike hell yeah <laughs> they, the they got everything yeah with the facilities yeah. they have there the yeah. Taj Mahal like it's how could you not recruit incredibly there maybe less miles ago there right. he likes he's flashy he that, that's flashy. actually a really good idea why not I don't know if he has many ties out out there or anything though. He's not a West Coast guy, so. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's uh, we can wrap this thing up. We're we're kind of going along, but we can. How about pick some of the big games this coming weekend? Who we get? We've got. Let's do this. We'll pick against each other. We're doing like a whole little game predictions. I wasn't even prepared for predictions today, but I'm I not prepared either. I didn't even bring my iPad. I'm just talking. Alabama and Tennessee. We already covered that a little bit, but spreads Alabama by 13. What do you think? In Knoxville. Alabama beats them by 21. 21. All right. I think. At least. I think Bama beats them by 
17. Oh. They are in Knoxville, so we'll give Tennessee a couple. We'll give them a field goal. Okay. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe Bama's kicker will miss one. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about Ohio State, Wisconsin? Got a read on that one? Uh, I, I definitely would go Ohio State, but that's too it's easy. It's in Wisconsin. Don't matter. It's Ohio State by 10. That's the spread. Yeah, they'll, they'll cover that. I think they'll cover that, too. I go two touchdowns. Yeah. I, I think Ohio State is very balanced, and I, and I think Wisconsin's got a solid defense, but I don't think that they are going to be able to move the ball in Ohio State, so I just don't see where the points are going to come from. Um, what about Ole Miss and Arkansas? Ole Miss by 7.5. I think it's going to be closer than people think, or even closer than like probably it's at Arkansas. Yeah, because, yeah, home game for Arkansas. So I'm thinking probably Ole Miss three by a field goal. Really? Yeah. I'm higher on, on Arkansas than I probably should be in my brain because they started out hot. But I don't know. They're, they're they're a pretty decent team. It's like they have the younger brother of the quarterback from mm-hmm. last year. So Austin Allen. Like yeah. they, they cloned the quarterback. and mm-hmm. It must be nice. Like Aaron Murray leaves and his little brother Murray is our quarterback still. So I'd be pretty happy right now. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people would be really happy. He seems to be pretty legit. Yep. But, um, all right. Yeah. So that's why I think Arkansas either upsets them. So you take Arkansas to cover. Cover. You, you don't. You, you think it's going to be less than seven and a half? I'll yeah. take. I'll take Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss will probably win by ten. Okay. I think Ole Miss is going to win. Yeah, I got you. If we're going just wins and losses. I think that covers all of our top 25 matchups there. That's so, it? Um, this next week? Yeah, we've got a couple of little outliers. Miami, Florida, and North Carolina could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, who else we got? We got... Uh, That's worth a watch, Miami, Florida. That'll be cool. Because if, if Rick beats Florida, then we're talking like a changing of the guard possibly and recruiting down there. Because Miami, people remember what Miami used to be. and. Mm-hmm. They're not that far off, you know. I mean, if he if he can show he can win with the players he's got now, which are not bad, but obviously not top tier talent, he'll start getting top tier talent, and things will change quickly because he's a good coach. You get Georgia by two touchdowns over Vandy, easily, easily, huh? Four yeah. touchdowns, three, three I'll, touchdowns. I'll go twenty one on them too. 20. Oh man, I would. Take that bet all day. Vandy will cover that. It's not going to. You don't think so? Win, not going to win by twenty one. Who have they won by twenty one? They be, who, I How think did they this, beat Nichols? This is the week. They beat Nichols by like two points. Yeah. <laughs> twenty eight, twenty six. But the, we are a different team than we used to be. Vandy looks like they're kind of downward spiral. Like, it, it, why? How did we not talk about Mason being on the hot seat? I mean, that's uh, he's he's going down with flames. Uh, yeah, but who is? But that's another one where like, who are they gonna get? I mean, actually, you know, they could get another James Franklin type, a, a guy, a guy from a mid major who's up and coming, yeah. who would take a Vandy job. Yeah, they and and Mason was a, was actually a really hot name when he got the job, mm-hmm. and people thought he was gonna do great because Stanford's he was you know Stanford guy, defensive coordinator, great defense, beat Oregon those years when they had Mariota, and they were all amazing, you know, but. Uh, it just hasn't worked out for them here. Um, and they, they make too many mental errors. Their offense is atrocious. Uh, defense is supposed to be stellar this year, and I would say they're not as good as people thought they would be. So I'm, I'm taking – I'll give – you know. They they did beat MTSU in Western Kentucky. Ooh. 
<laughs> in overtime, Western Kentucky. I think I babysat they, the kid that's the MTSU quarterback when he was like six. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. They uh, they they played close with Florida, and they played and they well, had a close loss to Kentucky. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So uh-huh. you're right. He's probably one that's on his way out. Although I want to, can I change my pick from Malzahn to no, can't Damn it. can't change it. It's already recorded. I get like a half a point if he is out because I yeah you know, I think he might be gone. Here's a weird game. Uh, BYU. Uh, ooh, here's it's even extra weird. Mississippi State traveling to BYU. Spread is BYU by seven. Huh? BYU just came off. They stomped on Michigan State, <laughs> just like everybody else. Who did Mississippi State play last week? Auburn. They got crushed. They got crushed too. Yeah. BYU has beaten Arizona. They lost to Utah. They lost to UCLA. They lost for West to West Virginia. No, I'm taking I'm taking Mississippi State then. All right, let's look at Mississippi State's got, resume. They got all these losses like left and right. I mean, I, right. Mississippi State lost to South Alabama. They beat South Carolina. They lost to LSU before Les Miles got fired. They beat UMass. And I got whooped by Auburn. They're too terrible. Why are we even talking about this? <laughs> it's just a weird game. <laughs> it's a game that is gonna that is gonna have some implication this, on this, the SEC versus Pac-12 strength of schedule. This this whole conversation is just way too much time on it. I'm picking <laughs> I'm picking Mississippi State and I'm cutting it off. <laughs> I don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> Seven. All right. So you so you got him. I'll take BYU. Okay. I won't end on that. <laughs> just cause.